0: Hello hello welcome back leading women in tech I hope you are doing splendidly I hope that you are having the most amazing January Do let me know in LinkedIn in the Leading Women in Tech Slack community let me know what you're up to this month have you got a plan is your plan now being executed are you feeling excited for 2022 or have you already fallen off the planning bandwagon? Do let me know because there's no shame in any of that, whether you're high-flying or whether you're know, like, oh my gosh, I just everything's already gone wrong this year. There is no wrong answer other than being honest with yourself. So I'd love to hear. You can always connect with me. I'm always delighted to hear from listeners. I still actually answer every email personally myself. That might not continue forever, but that is still currently true. So um, drop me a message. Let me know. Let me know how you're getting on. Today, I have the absolute honor of inviting on a dear friend of mine. We've not connected for several years, which is such a shame. And when I was, I saw that she got a promotion last summer and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get Jessica on the show. So yes, her name is Jessica. We've known each other for, I don't know, Mm, probably seven years, maybe eight years now. I can't quite remember where we met. We were both working in the field of high performance computing at the time. As you know, I was in HPC before I became a full time coach. And I honestly just fell back in love with this woman when we were having a chat last year. So she is on the show today to share her words with wisdom. Without further ado, let me introduce her. Today, we are talking to the simply extraordinary Jessica Pop. Jessica joined Ada.cx in October 2021 as their CTO. as I just mentioned. Ada is a SaaS company helping customers build automated customer experiencing, leveraging the power of machine learning. Previously, she's been a VP of engineering, leading engineering for Flex, Twilio's contact center platform. And in both of these roles, Jessica has been inspired by how customer and brand interactions are evolving and the importance of brands knowing their customers and meeting customer needs individually. She has been around for quite some time, as she will tell you in the interview today, She lives in Colorado, but actually, we met, as I mentioned, through high performance computing. And I can tell you firsthand, she has an absolute passion for women in tech because that's how we got to know each other. So, without further ado, let's get her on the show. You're listening to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader.
1: It's great to be with you, Tony, and so great to see you again.
0: I know. It's been far too long, far, far too long. Well, actually, let's start with giving everybody your personal story and career history and how you came to work as a CTO at Ada.
1: Sure. Um, I've been in software my entire career, which now spans more than 25 years. I started out as a software engineer in the pre.com era. Yes, that's how old I am. I'm comfortable with that. Um, and I spent about five years uh, as an engineer. And I was, I was an okay engineer. I'd give myself a B, a B-minus. Um, but I wasn't inspired by the best next algorithm. I really was drawn to the integration points between engineering and the business and how we get work done. Um, so within about five or six years, I moved into management. I spent a number of years uh, focused on large scale program management and risk management and I left these more traditional, at that time were called IT roles when you worked for um, a company and building their custom software. And then I went into high performance computing for about 10 years, which is where you and I overlapped. Um, and I spent that time in a combination of team leadership roles, again, you know, program management functions, large government, project management. And then I left to move to SaaS a handful of years ago. Um, and
0: then had a few roles there. And that has brought me to Ada this past year. It's quite a journey. It's really quite a journey. So well, tell us a little bit about that move from HPC, high performance computing for the, the non HPCs out there, <laughs> into SaaS because you did that pretty quickly and then it got to CTO within a, a couple of years. That's a pretty big change. So what prompted you to make that move and what mindset work did you need to do to be able to leave a field that you'd spent so long working in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I found HPC interesting. I found the research and scale perspective really interesting. I worked with so many incredibly intelligent people. Um, For me, it probably wasn't a huge mindset. I am Uh, fascinated by software, how we come together as people to build and create those outcomes. Um, So I'm less tied to a specific industry. And I became interested in how B2B and B2B2C software was really changing uh, because the landscape of SaaS. And so I purposefully took a smaller role to make this shift. I stepped away um, and said, I need to prove myself in a new industry. And then about a year after this shift to SaaS, I just, I had an opportunity and was offered a head of engineering for a B2B product that really needed some help. Um, and the beauty of that role, I can say that now is you never learn something faster than when things aren't going well. <laughs> I learned more in two years than probably. Uh, five years in many other roles. And it was a great experience. And I learned something that was really important to me from B2B software that I hadn't seen previously in high performance computing or even before that when writing software for companies is learning that inflection point between getting to market quickly, finding market fit, Mm. and then being ready to scale and quality for high levels of use. It was a very different software model of meeting the business needs.
0: And it's such a delicate balance. I think that's what really sets apart the high-flying executives is when you understand that delicate balance and you're able to walk what I think is a bit of a tightrope, actually, to get that right, that inflection point, as you put it. I I really think it's such a narrow space and most people don't really appreciate that. When we spoke previously, we discussed you are a people and organizationally focused CTO and not one to define the system architecture single-handedly. Can you explain what you mean by that a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think for each of us, it's important to know who we are as a leader, where your strengths lie, and more importantly, where your weaknesses lie. So I know myself at this point that I'm strongest as an organizational leader that brings groups of people together with a vision. And deliver, I happen to be in software, but deliver quality software and build systems that satisfy business goals. And I don't choose to spend my time deeply focused on the specific architecture to solve each problem in this space the best. And so I know that about myself. And then I ensure I have a strong architecture arm in my organization that brings that. I mean, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean I don't have a viewpoint, opinions, and engage in that debate that leads to the decisions, but I'm not the one to s- define the specifics of the solution. Um, and I know that outcome is going to be better with an expert in that seat.
0: Oh, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's about having the right experts in the right place and not needing to do it all ourselves, which I spend an awful lot of time talking about because in at your level as a CTO, and actually even much further below where you currently are, we have to realize we cannot do it all ourselves. And in fact, if you were doing your job right, you should be aware that there are lots of things that report into you that you've never experienced. <laughs> I think maybe that's one of the really cool things about having moved into SaaS at, in a senior level is you don't have this urge to like, I have to have been done, I have to have done that role as an IC at some point, right?
1: Right. I I find that a lot of leaders I work with and I mentor, that's one of the big hurdles in their growth is true delegation. And I see it especially in technology because they may be interested in the technology and they want to continue to uh, maintain that touch point out of interest Um, but we have to define the boundaries of each person's role you need to help those people on your team be successful and realize you know you may be the bottleneck if you're still holding on to that and you may also limit your own own career abilities i learned this. i was really lucky to learn this very early in my career my very first management job Um, I had someone that I'd given them assignment and they weren't doing it exactly the way I would have done it. Mm. Um, And so I was kind of on their heels. And I remember they turned on me in the hall and they looked me in the eye and they said, if you want to do this, you do it yourself. If you want me to do this, please (laughs) let me do my job. And I still, I admire that person for professionally, like in the moment feedback. And I felt Mm. it. I was like, oh my gosh, just because this isn't my job anymore. And this person may not do it how I would do it exactly. My role now is to assess, did they competently do it and give them the space to have their own career? And I feel so fortunate that I learned that, you know, in my very first management role.
0: Yeah, I, I see VPs and SVPs struggling with that one. So I is very fortunate that you have figured that one out so early on. Well, let's chip gears a little bit. We've just started a new year. So what do you think a successful CTO needs to be focused on in 2022 and beyond?
1: You know, Tony, I find the CTO title a really interesting one. It means different things in different organizations. Um, so in a large organization, you might see a CTO role that's more focused on architecture, the future state of technology, the really the details of how to do the engineering. Um, for my role right now it encompasses kind of the entirety of product engineering output, the operating environment for the company so basically the head of engineering. Um, and for success for me with that lens is defined by my customers. am I delivering the committed product with the expected SLA? Um, and am I, at the same time, building for the long-term future of that product to continue to grow uh, and scale with those customers? There's other factors that go into this as well, um, but I like to distill it to a single goal. It would be continuous customer happiness with that offering. Once my customers are thinking about the product, not not how it um, performs in a customer experience way, but how it works under the covers or isn't working, then I'm not meeting the expectations mm. of the customer.
0: Oh absolutely I love that you said that like there's a single goal and having just finished a week of helping people do a lot of planning and and even with its personal professional development or it's your business planning we need this single overarching goal like one of my favorite analogies is you can't drive both North and South at the same time, right? You can't even drive Northwest and Northeast at the same time. (laughs) You need to have one overarching goal in your life so that you're always heading in the right direction, even if then there are hundreds of sub goals underneath it. And I love that you've identified that in your role as a CTO, because I think far too many organizations and certainly engineering departments, because I work heavily with heads of engineering and all that, all the forms that that means, and they miss that point, you can't have lots of competing priorities because they're always going to be competing.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really important as a leader to, to just not from just myself, it's my teams, right? I'm giving that them that North Star to uh, make the trade-offs, to your point. If there are too many priorities, you can't make um, trade-off decisions. And it's as important Ooh. to say what we're not doing is, is what we are doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I love calling people out on like, well, what's your number one ruthless priority? Like you need a one single ruthless priority and other things have to be lower than that. You can only have one at a time. So I love that. Actually, this might feed in a little bit to the next one, maybe. Um, as you reflect on your career as a woman in tech, what are key takeaways you would like to share with other women on their leadership journey?
1: Sure. Um, I've always been, you know, I've gotten to the point now I can start to understand what the word wisdom means. So I think we all have to learn this in our own journey. But I've always been very driven in my career. It's how I'm wired. And it really took me quite a number of years to accept it. I think I was probably not until my mid-30s did I finally actually accept that. And so I had to figure out my own boundaries for success, uh, where my risk for burnout lies and how I want to address that. That being said, there's kind of three things um, I think about when I want to offer to those navigating their career. One is your career is going to be long. Move around to different companies and industries. Um, Part of uh, why I've been successful is the variety of experiences I've had. I've learned and taken away different things from different ones. I've managed a risk management org, a project management org, engineering teams. I even managed a contact center at one point, which really taught me how operations worked more clearly. And so you'll likely hit a career wall with a single company. And even if you're not, you're limiting the toolkit of all the different ways you can accomplish work. And you've limited it to the prevailing way that that company does things. Um, the second one I think about is gain mastery at each level you have, and don't be afraid of lateral opportunities. When I took on a risk management office, absolutely a lateral opportunity. When I took on a contact center, lateral opportunities. But they were expanding my skill set. I was being challenged. And I see so many folks set on getting that next title, and they end up staying in a narrower and narrower track because it will likely get you a particular title in a very no set a little farther. But you may cap out at the director, senior director role that way. So think about the outcomes you want out of those roles. Are they actually helping you on your big picture journey? Um, And if they are, that that title will eventually um, come. And then finally, you can't have everything. I'm different in some opinions than some on this, right? I don't agree with the mantra of having it all. I make sacrifices at my choosing for my career. And sometimes it's trading off more time with friends, time for hobbies, exercise, family, Uh, And I think you have to give yourself permission that you're going to make these trade-offs and make them consciously for yourself and with the important people in your life, and then accept those consequences, good and bad.
0: Uh, I just want to pick up on a couple of things you said there. Um, In particular, first of all, I want to mention the fact you talked about expanding your skill set by lateral moves. I think this is like an underrated thing for us to be doing. I I love that you mentioned the big picture journey there. I, and I think more of us need to have that big picture in mind. It doesn't mean that we have to absolutely know I'm going to be this in 10 years' time. You are allowed to pivot right. your goals. Mm-hmm. I've done that many times, but you should have a big picture right now that is aligned. And then as you take make moves and learn stuff, you can adjust that based on the clarity you've received by being on that journey. But if you don't have a big picture you weren't aligned on that journey. And your point of a lateral move, building your skill set is just so incredibly important. Don't get me wrong, I love people to make a lateral, actually a diagonal move if you can. Sure. But it's not always possible, <laughs> right? Right. And so I think that's just such an important point to take away from this. Um, the other thing I wanted to pick up on here is your comment there about you can't have it all. Um, I, I find this utterly fascinating because Everything you said other than you can't have it all is, um, or not agreeing with you can't have everything rather, is something I say all the time to people. But I am one of those possibly annoying people that say you can have it all. And I think for actually exactly the same reason, I want women to feel un- unlimited. Mm-hmm. But you do, if you are going to have it all, you do have to realize like, what is my priority right now? And you have to have those sacrifices and trade-offs. It doesn't mean you can't have it all at some point. But for example, if you are going to have three kids and be a VP or a CTO, you probably need to make sure that you have a partner who's very, very supportive and lots of help at home. And you you have a a housekeeper come in or something like that. There are things that you need to do to have all that you wish to have at whatever point in your career. So I just wanted to pop in there and say that because I find it, it's fascinating the different languages that we're both using for the same thing.
1: Yeah, I think we're completely aligned. And I, I choose to use the opposite because it's been on purpose, because it's been such such a big thing for about a decade, you know, mm. that you can have it all. And I think it's to invite people to let go of the guilt, right? Yeah. I totally agree with you what you're saying. It is about the trade-offs. It's con- consciously choosing what's most important in the moment. Mm. But I don't, we have to let go of the guilt about being told what it means to have it all.
0: Well, let's let's shift gears a little bit now and talk about transitioning because many people are now choosing to transition careers. We are, after all, in the midst of a great resignation. So what tips do you have for someone looking to land a new leadership role?
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting question uh, right now because because of the great resignation, the demand is so high, and I think many of us are getting pinged, at least at tech, or just regularly for new jobs. Um, it can be very flattering. It can be very exciting. And so I'd ask people to really critically look anytime at any opportunity, um, but don't ignore a yellow flag don't get excited by a title or an industry or how warm and fuzzy they're making you feel during the interview process. I once ignored a yellow flag. I I was so ready to move jobs. I ignored the yellow flag. I took the new opportunity and it proved out to be a mistake. I was gone in less than a year. I have no regrets. I learned a lot from that experience. I found out I was empowered to quit a job without having another job, but I would never ignore a yellow flag again. And then be thoughtful about what you're trying to achieve. Again, if you're being reached out to, avoid the flattery. What are you trying to get out of this next role? Make a plan with specific goals and actions. When I was looking last summer, I was very specifically looking for a late stage startup um, because I'd studied what where the business inflection would be, what they would need in engineering. And I knew that was a match. And I, I quickly turned down quite a few roles that were earlier stage because I knew it wasn't the match. I needed.
0: That is, that is fascinating. I love that you were so specific and precise, late stage startup. I think people underdo that. I think the more niche, niche, turning away from we are, actually, the easier it is to get hired because you are such a good fit for that role. And I, I love that you knew that late stage startup turned down other things. The only reason to do those other interviews is for interview practice. Other than that, don't bother. (laughs) So I (laughs) I love that you do. I love that you're that focused. I really do. Okay, let's wrap up with my favorite ending off question, which is about a leadership mindset moment. At the end of every episode, I love to give listeners a simple mindset tip to help them adjust how they act or think on the topic of today's podcast. So I'd love for you to offer one highly actionable mindset shift that listeners can make to help them make a big move in their careers, just like you, um, a move that they want, but that maybe is a little bit uncomfortable.
1: You already used the word I was thinking, Tony. Um, You aren't growing if you aren't experiencing discomfort in a role. And don't confuse discomfort with imposter syndrome. I think it's easy to fall into imposter, maybe start to panic a little bit. I can't do this. I can't do this. Um, But we should be regularly uncomfortable in a role because we're stretching to learn something new.
0: Oh, I love that. I I love to say to people it's time to get comfortable with being uncomfortable like that is like my mantra for moving through life and I I swear it's one of the reasons I've accelerated so quickly is I never stay comfortable for more than a couple of weeks because I'm like I'll be bored if I continue doing this I will coast for a maximum a month and then I'm bored so it's time to get uncomfortable right now so I don't get bored I don't want to be bored I, I love that um we are running out of time today so have you any final thoughts you would like to share?
1: I think I'd like to leave everybody with um, thinking about imposter syndrome. Um, I faced that again recently in my current role. I had decided what the label should be for what I was looking for. Uh, I expected it to be SVP of engineering, head of engineering. And when it was CTO, I took that quick breath and said, that's not me and this was during the offer phase and i had to just pause and take a deep breath and put aside the labels and the imposter syndrome that i was feeling in the moment and said no this is the offer this is the role i'm capable of and move forward and accept that
0: oh thank you so much for sharing that um jessica i think that's happened to many of us at various points if you've if you've been around enough we have something like that that just triggers us we have to step away from that trigger we have to emotionally step back. And actually, also, I think we all need to trust the fact that those around us are doing their due diligence. And if they think we're up for it, you know what, maybe we should trust them even if we can't quite trust ourselves on this one. I love it. Love it so much. It's been absolutely wonderful finally catching up with you again, Jessica. I have missed our conversations. I hope we get to do this again soon. But thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on the show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Tony. Great to see you.
0: Oh, it was so much fun having Jessica on the show. And not just because she's an actual like real life friend of mine who I just we haven't caught up since the beginning of the pandemic. And having her on the show was a good excuse to catch up, I will be honest. If that's you, by the way, if you're like listening to this and thinking, oh my gosh, I've done that too, find an excuse to reach out to your network. I'm a big fan of reaching out. Just saying hi to people and Jessica, for whatever reason, had dropped off my radar and I'm so glad we've reconnected. And so this was just a great excuse to get her on the show as well. But I love the nuggets of wisdom she had. One thing that really stood out to me was it was a kind of throwaway comment, but understanding your risk for burnout. I love that she mentioned that, like, we have to understand our own personal risk for buying out. It does change over our careers, and I think we need to be upfront and honest with ourselves about that. What would have burnt you out five years ago might not today, but something else might but we have to all be aware of that. We have to have a constant handle on our own pulse for this. And that was really one of my key takeaways, um, although she had so much to share. I love also that whole thing about expanding your skill set. Have that sense of direction and expand your skill set. And that might be lateral moves. If you love this episode, make sure you go share it with your network and make sure they're hearing these inspirational stories that we showcase on leading women in tech. And of course, do not forget that there is still a chance to join a lit up a leadership academy this time around. We're not going to be opening up for quite a few months still after this. So if you know that 2022 is the year that you are working on your leadership career, make sure you head over to TonyCollis.com forward slash academy to find out all of the details But before doors are shut. And of course, if you want to have a chat with me first about whether it's a good fit for you, I will be super honest with you. At the point that i'm recording this we still have a couple of spots left but we actually have very few spots available this time around and so i can't actually guarantee they're available but more to the point if we have a conversation i'm going to be absolutely honest with you because i don't have the space in there to take like everybody who's interested this is not going to be a hard sell this is genuinely going to be is this the right fit for you at this point in your career and if it's not you can you can be rest assured that i will tell you the honest truth so all that done and said, remember. Stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Women in Tech podcast.